0: Welcome to Fuel For Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Love is first a Verb. And the problem is this we can't be saying we love people and then there's hungry people out there. We're not really feeding them or clothing them or giving them food to eat. Now, South Orange County, we might not have that big of a problem, but there's other issues that are going on. It's almost like we become people who are, who are very kind of like uh, foundational in, in what, what we believe, but we really don't help anybody else, right? I mean, think about it this way if I'm sitting at home, um, you know, just thinking spiritual thoughts um, got, got my coffee, Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm a, I'm a happy camper. And, uh, my wife asks me to do something, right? She's like, go take out the trash. And imagine if I'm like, just text her. I'm like, honey, I love you so much. You're just marvelous. Gorgeous. Just, you're just amazing. Every year with you gets even better. And everything you turn, uh, you, you, you touch turns into gold. You're such a great designer. And she's like, okay, enough with the small talk. I need you to take out the trash. And I keep texting her. I'm like, honey, you're so amazing. You know, the flowers, everything is perfect. Am I showing love? No. How do I show love? I get off the chair, close my laptop, go take the trash out and say, honey, anything else you'd like me to do? I'm here for, (laughs) yo. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Praise God. Now, don't even think I'm on the hook. You're on the hook too in your own areas, right? So the point is this. Christian life is not about a theater. It's about loving people. And sometimes loving people is going to be very difficult. Very difficult. We're not going to want to do it. But guess what? Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he went to the cross, Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass by me, but let not my will be done, but yours. Jesus himself was afraid of going to the cross, yet he counted the cost. And here's the point, friends. The people in your life matter. People matter to God. People should matter to you. We should go out of our way to love people as much as... Sorry. <laughs> I know you got, you got excited. We're going to do that again, but we're done. So, so, so the point is this. Um, if we're just noisy gongs or clanging cymbals, we're an empty noise without love. It's just a theater. It's theatrics. It's fake. It's a facade. It's not real. And here's the point, friends. Who are we without love? Who are we without that tangible, uh, whoa, before we go, go here, let me, let me say one more thing. Who are, who are we without love? Paul says the following. He says, you're nothing without love. And the crazy thing is that Paul's like, you can move mountains, you can speak in, in tongues, you can do prophetic stuff, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. Paul even says this. Paul says, if you die a martyr's death, but you don't do it because of love, it doesn't mean anything. Can you imagine that? How many causes exist in this world today that people die for? But they don't do it for love. They do it for acclaim, for for prominence, for position, whatever. Paul says it doesn't matter. Paul says that all that matters is that you love people with the love of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, you and I can't do that until we tap in to what God has for us. This is why the Bible talks about that God's love is so overwhelming. So here's the point, friends. Regardless of your performance, when you're doing things and you're doing it just to do them, maybe to get recognized or whatever, but you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. Paul, Paul is basically saying that. This is why it's so important for us to do things with love. Now, I want to get super practical, okay? And when we think about relationships, Right. Husband, wife, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, hopefully it's going to turn into marriage. Um, That's a a different sermon series we're going to have. Different relationships, friends, family. There is an importance, there's an ethos that needs to lubricate this entire relationship. And what Paul is talking about here is he's saying that if you don't have love, you're not able to accomplish all these things. Now, there was a research done by a professor from the University of Washington, and he basically, uh, for 16 years, okay, for 16 years, uh, he observed um, over, um, I think it was over 100 uh, different couples in a apartment laboratory for 16 years, okay, for, for science purposes, okay, and it was 49 married couples, and he recorded everything from their facial expressions to their heart rates in order to investigate what triggers relationship failure, okay? For 16 years, he did this. And he said that in 91% of the cases where he predicted that a couple's marriage would eventually fail or succeed, time has proven him right. And this researcher, he used... And he talks about the four horsemen that exist in relationships that are going to be the death of your relationships. And I believe it goes far beyond just married couples. It goes to any relationships that you have with people. These are four horsemen. And the reason that this researcher used this is because he tried to use apocalyptic language, right? If you read Revelation, the four horsemen are actually uh, death, famine, pestilence, all these things that are kind of destroying everything. And so when we talk about love, Love is the only thing that will allow you to not have these things exist in your relationships or in your marriages. And so, what happens is this researcher, 49 couples, 16 years, he predicts relationship failure with 91% accuracy. It's a very, very good accuracy rate. And here's what he said He said, in all of these couples, Four of these things existed unilaterally across the board to some degree. And this is kind of where we get practical. And so I want you to think, does this exist in my relationships and how much Jesus I need, right? So the first thing that he says that exists is criticism. It's criticism in relationships. And there's a difference between a complaint and criticism, because a complaint is simply pointing out something that you find really annoying about another person. A criticism goes deeper than that and it attacks the character of the person. When you attack the character of the person, they instantly feel like there's no love coming from you and they're going to want to do the same thing back. And here's what happens. Um, a complaint attacks the problem, whereas a criticism attacks the person. How does it practically play out in our relationship? Here's what criticism sounds like, and this is one of the horsemen. A criticism might be, you're always late. You're never good enough. You're never on time. Everything you do, you always fail at. Whenever you begin to use these superlative phrases in relationships, it, becomes, it starts the destruction process. How do we solve that? How do we solve the criticism issue in our, uh, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our relationships? People who have the hesed agape love, you know what they do? Instead of pointing a finger at other people and criticizing them, they point a finger at themselves and they understand that there is a bigger picture involved. And so instead of going for the person's character, they're talking about the issue at hand. It's very important. Second type of uh, horseman that exists in relationships that don't have agape love, that don't have the hesed loyal love, is contempt. And the interesting part from the research is that contempt was the number one predictor of breakups and contempt is acting like you're a better person than you actually are. Okay. Contempt is basically talking down to your partner. It's being insulting or acting uh, uh, superior. Okay. And contempt shows itself in very different ways in relationships. It can be mocking the person. It can be eye rolling. You can kind of like bringing up stuff that happened in the past. And here's the problem. Um, Contempt, uh, instead of pushing the person towards reconciliation, it pushes them away from the reconciliation. Okay, and this is a very important thing for us to watch out for because I will guarantee by ninety-one percent accuracy that if these four things exist, our relationship might not go well. But the great thing is we have Jesus, and there is hope. And so when we talk about contempt, instead of thinking of things that I. We use we language. So in a relationship, in a marriage, you say, you know what? It's we, it's us. We're going to accomplish this together. We're going to get through this together. We are a team. And here's the thing, guys. When couples are anointed by God and they're equally yoked and they're doing things for God's glory, I believe they're a force to be reckoned with. There's much more that you can do when you're holistically united together and you eliminate these four things by the power of Jesus Christ from your relationships. Number three is defensiveness. And defensiveness is basically when a person refuses to back down or apologize from uh, the conflict. Defensiveness is basically happens when there's a standoff, standoff between enemies instead of uh, a truce between allies. Defensiveness is when a person says to you what you're doing wrong. And what you do is you become an archaeologist and you put on a hard hat and a yellow vest not the type that we have out there for the parking okay different vest (laughs) and the moment you hear something that you don't like you begin to go back into your archives and you're like oh yeah I did this wrong but remember like two years ago on this particular date at this particular time you did that what yeah, don't you remember that? It's, it's funny how some people have a way of remembering that thing. It's almost like they have like an inventory Rolodex version of all these different things, right? That's defensiveness. It's not really helping the issue at all. And, and the last horseman that, that exists is stonewalling. And stonewalling is basically when in our relationships, in our friendships, in our churches, we stop working for oneness And we begin to have two completely separate parallel lives. And stonewalling basically means when you block out the other person, you choose not to speak with them for whatever reason. And statistics say the following, okay? That 85% of the stonewalling in a relationship is done by the male. It's done by the male. And I think based on what what I've personally done and I've repented of, it's definitely true. And so the point is this, there are some things that a particular gender might be more prone to doing. And stonewalling is basically shutting down and saying, I really don't care at all. And so here's the point, friends. Uh, We can just get back to my, yeah, perfect. Um, Here's what happens when criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, When they take up residence in our lives, they begin to, these horsemen literally start like galloping around and just slashing everything to pieces. Now, you might be listening and you're saying, what is is there to do? How do I I get love? How do I get agape love? How do I get hesed love? How do I get the love that Jesus Christ offers? Friends, the only answer I have for you is this. Jesus Christ is the answer. And how do we practically do that? In First John chapter 4, verses 7-11, through 11, here's what the Bible says. This is John saying this. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Here's the point, friends. John defines love first by telling you what love is not. John says love love is not something that you can originate. Love is not something that you can fabricate. John is basically through the Bible saying this. This love that you and I want so badly in our relationships, we can't access that love. That love can only access you. That's the point, friends. We don't initiate that love. That love is initiated upon us. And if you and I want to have successful marriages, successful relationship, Christ-centered communities, we need to submit to the authority of Jesus. And we need to throw up the white flag and say, God, I've tried everything I possibly could and I'm exhausted and God I want you to supernaturally access me with this kind of love and that's the only way you and I will experience agape and that's the only way that we'll be able to dispense agape to other people. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit FuelForLife.tv